Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. One out of 12, come in. Fox Sports trending now. Hey, hey it's, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's Looney. Tiger Woods was in court today. West Palm Beach, Florida where the Kennedys, Rush Limbaugh, and Bulldog Sheehan all have compounds. Tiger Woods pled guilty to reckless driving in that courtroom today. Last May, Tiger Woods smoked a joint, then took a Vicodin, an Ambien, a Xanax, and a Dilaudid. Dilaudid was Elvis's favorite, but Elvis liked to stay home and eat peanut butter and banana sandwiches after he took drugs. Tiger likes to drive around, apparently, when he smokes pot and pops pills. Tiger will enter a special celebrity pretrial diversion program to avoid going to the hokey pokey and turning himself around. It's the JT and Looney Podcast, episode 70. So cool that we have a sponsor now, betonline.ag. And eBay, we got two sponsors. At BetOnline, even though there's no more football to bet on, you can still bet on the NBA, college basketball, even the NHL. Do people really bet on the NHL? I guess they do. And golf. We'll be talking Tiger here in a second. The only place you should be betting on sports is betonline.ag. A friend of JT and Looney's is a friend of yours. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV. Really cool props. You got to check them out. They got hundreds of them. And the best part is they're open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Grab your handheld device and your phone while you're at it. And if you sign up today, you get 50% off a welcome bonus on your first deposit at betonline.ag. Check them out. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. They're very kind people. And remember, kindness equals confidence. The JT and Looney Podcast, Episode 70. Tiger Woods got in a car accident in Los Angeles. It was so horrific, Tom Looney. He almost died and almost killed him. We're lucky to have him. He's lucky to be alive. Wow. It's probably going to change his perspective. You know, he's had several perspective-changing crises in his life, but nothing changes it like this, where he might have to become just tiger the person maybe that's what he's always wanted to be you saw the documentary he begged his kindergarten teacher to ask his father to let him do something other than play golf so he might have his chance here we hope though that if he does want to get back at playing golf that he can but boy those those injuries that he has sound horrific Whenever you have bones, you know, as I have my news hat on here as a a news anchor at KABC in Los Angeles now, and I made a lot of phone calls over this, including, you know, to a doctor, when you have compound fractures, that means the bone breaks through the skin and then it's exposed to the elements and the bushes uh, and uh, in Palos Verdes estates. And so they have to wash that out with disinfectant and with uh, special antibiotic water. So even if all the surgeries he had are successful, he still has to have, there's still a big worry about infection. So he's lucky if he'll ever walk again. Remember when you play golf, you got to walk. They don't let you drive a cart like I do or have a push cart. You have a caddy, but you got to walk. You got to walk the 18 holes four to five days a week, four days of the tournament, maybe another day if there's sponsors before you get in there a little bit early. So it's constant walking hills, 
weather issues like that. And now that he's got rods and screws and plates in his legs, let alone a bad back that's been fused. Oh, it's highly improbable that he'll ever play golf again competitively, which is a shame because I'm a big Tiger fan. As you know, I want to see him win. Oh, I know. And, you know, anybody who my mother loves and brings my mother joy, I love them. And to my mother and late stepfather loved Tiger Woods. And I turned her on to Tiger when he was leading the L.A. Open when he was 11 or something like that. <laughs> way back in the 90s. And I called her up. And I said, this teenage black kid is, is, is like two off the lead at the L.A. Open, which is what they called it at Riviera back in the day. And they've been following him ever since the 90s, as have I and you. And it was such a great, you know, when Muhammad Ali uh, ended up, you know, fading into the sunset, we wondered, wow, what's going to happen now? And then Mike Tyson came along. And when Arnold Palmer and Jack Nicholas faded into the sunset, and father time took over golf was struggling and then along came tiger and it was just so even people who didn't watch golf started watching golf because of him and uh when it you know even jt even if the the legs end up being okay um eventually after a lot of rehab what about the back car accidents screw up your back when you have a good back because of the jolting and the rolling and the jolting and the rolling that was unexpected. And so that's going to mess up his back for a while, Joe. I thought you were talking about Gregory Peck when you were talking about your mom initially. <laughs> back in the day. I thought you were bringing me into the world of Gregory Peck and your mom for a second there in your, your youth in Elmira. Let's take a look at the details, according to TMZ. Uh, a, a wink and a nod to TMZ. Where would we be without TMZ? Oh, you know, when I exactly when I had to leave the house uh, and this happened, I texted a friend in New York. I said, just follow TMZ for me while I'm out of the house. Just follow TMZ because this is where they jump on stuff. They know people in the local hospitals. They're on the take and they know how to get the good stuff. According to TMZ, Tiger was staying in a hotel where a major network television show was being shot. Production sources told that to TMZ when the director of that show arrived before 7 a.m. Tiger was driving his Genesis promotional SUV very fast as he was leaving the property and almost hit the director's car. The director was so shaken up by this. He told the production staff after he parked and a crew member on that show who saw Tiger get into his car at the hotel hotel told TMZ that once Tiger got in his vehicle, there was a delay in driving off because the SUV was blocked by another car that was loading luggage. And it appeared that Tiger was agitated and impatient. The crew member says once the delay was over, Tiger took off fast. Golf Digest reported Tiger was scheduled to arrive at Riviera Golf Course at 7.30 for the shoot. He was going to play and give Drew Brees lessons the issue is Riviera is at least an hour mm-hmm. drive from the resort where Tiger was saying you get the picture. So he was heading out just before 7 a.m. and he knew he was running late. And then the car accident happened and they need to do a thorough investigation. That investigation closed pretty quickly. Yeah. After day, he wasn't drunk. He wasn't drunk. He wasn't drunk. <laughs> uh, let's move on, please, to the next story. Let's go watch the Laker game tonight. Well, the sheriff's office has, you know, a public relations issue. 
the sheriffs remember those sheriffs a bunch of those renegade chefs took pictures of kobe bryant's dead body and then showed them to girls in bars and that was a big faux pas on behalf of the sheriff's department so now they have another celebrity accident going on they don't want to screw this one up they kind of owe the celebrity community one a mulligan so that's probably what's happening here here's another thing i have with when tiger rolled over uh, the first time in, in 2009, Obama called <laughs> and uh, Clinton called the hospital. And then the second time he had a little uh, dust up and a uh, little DWI action and driving well high, Trump called. So uh, he's got he's got guys in big places who make phone calls when he gets in trouble and to see how he's doing usually. but. Uh, they did seem to close this case pretty quickly. And we do know here's another problem. He's going to be in a lot of pain. What has he had issues with? Pain pills. He's got a, a, a pill popping pain, an issue in his life, which we found out when he was fell asleep at the side of the road on a highway with his car in the highway. So he's going to have to take a lot of pain pill, painkillers to get through the next four or five months. And that's never good for a guy who's already had an issue with taking pain medication when he didn't even need to. I am fascinated by this accident and a couple of reasons why. First off, some of the top podcasts of all time are mystery podcasts. Right. They're about stories and mysteries. And two ladies start working undercover and they put together a podcast about someone who needs to get out of jail or a crime yeah. or a cold case. And it's the number one podcast. And I'm very jealous about that because I think we have a great <laughs> fucking podcast. So I think we need to uh, just pivot for a second here right. because I'm fascinated by the accident. But nor I don't want any bad karma about the accident. I don't want right, to talk negatively. So I'm thrilled he's alive, thrilled he's alive, thrilled he's going to survive because. A lot of people think he could have, should have, and would have died if he didn't have that seatbelt, if he didn't hit someone head on when he jumped over that median, if he didn't roll over, if he went more head first into a tree that didn't move. So there's a lot. And, to he, could, and he could have had limbs amputated. Yes. Uh, a matter of fact, that uh, not to jump too far ahead, but right. I was on the air live when the story broke. And after they got him out of the vehicle, no one knew anything. This is before the surgery mm -hmm. and or when the surgery was starting and I didn't want to say it on my show, but yeah, he could have had a leg amputated. He could have been in a wheelchair or how about paralysis? We know people that have rolled over yeah. uh, small vehicles, off-terrain vehicles and are paralyzed. And this car, well, that's our friend, our friend, Amy Van Dyken, Absolutely. who we worked with for years and was such a wonderful person, wonderful. won seven gold medals in the Olympics and swimming. And does that make a difference? Well, uh, psychologically, yeah. She was a world-class athlete who still loved CrossFit and working out and still worked out every day in her life and was trying to fulfill a new physical fitness need in her life. And then she's now paralyzed. And it's a great follow on social media. Well, she's a beautiful person, and she's yep. she probably more inspirational than any point in her life. I, I talk yep. to people who are inspired by Amy Van Dyken and the best best years of her life were ahead of her. But and we, we saw, we interviewed her at the Super Bowl months after her accident. She drove herself to the interview. Remember that she's super special. Yeah. I grew up a swimmer and I've been watching and following swimming my whole life. Amy Van Dyken is swimming royalty. 
yes. and a great athlete. So back to the Tiger accident. What fascinates me is that morning around that same time, there were 18 and 19 year olds with brand new driver's license on that same road. And they didn't crash. There were 80 year old men and women on that same road that didn't crash. There were fathers and nephews and cousins all on that road. It wasn't wet. There wasn't bad weather. There wasn't a coyote that ran out in front of the car. So the accident needs to be. Oh, you don't forget, JT. There's no skid marks like no, normal no people skid. have when they're crashing. Yeah. So what happened is we know we're pretty sure from eyewitnesses that he left that hotel and he wasn't right. He was rushed. He was running late. He didn't have a driver. He drove on his own. He took off. He was going so fast at one point that he lost control of the vehicle because of speed. What the hell is this guy doing racing in a car in the hills of Southern California that fast where he would completely lose control of a vehicle, jump over a median, take out two signs. Can you imagine if there was school? There was no school that day. And that was told on a tweet by Petros Papadakis, who mm. lives very close to that location, very close. And Sam Farmer, the NFL writer, wrote something and Petros said, well, there was no school. School was closed that day. There could have been cars coming at 60 miles an hour or 50 the other way. And Tiger could have took out two or three of them. It's a miracle that he didn't hit another car. And then the vehicle rolls over at the end and he survives the crash. What was with that jaws of life garbage when that never happened? Who made that mistake? Yeah, it was the sheriff's department that originally sent that out. They used a different tool, so it, it is a little nitpicky. They did have to use a special tool to get him out of the car. It just uh, wasn't happened. It didn't happen to be the Jaws of Life brand, so he still had to be pried out of the. You know, they still had to take out the windshield to get him out of the car. It just wasn't that particular tool. That wasn't. You know, that wasn't as bad as you know when Kobe. Somebody reported at ABC the Kobe's whole family was in a helicopter. So that was a smaller mistake. But I, I, when you take a here, you know, in, in the larger picture too, all of us, all of us, especially guys who get behind the wheels of cars, how often, a lot of times when I'm with loved ones, I say, remind me I'm not in a hurry. Cause sometimes I drive like I'm in a hurry, even when I'm not in a hurry. And you have the very same attention span issues I do too. And, and patience issues at times, even when there's no reason for me to be in a hurry in life, I am. And how many people, you know, how much faster was he going to get to to Riviera, which was going to be an hour drive no matter what. So you get there in 57 minutes. Well, he and, was the cause of the accident. The point I'm making is he yeah. was the cause of the accident. He didn't get in an accident. No one hit him from behind. No one swerved into him. He caused the accident because he was completely reckless and out of control. And that's the key to this accident. Nobody's saying that. Yeah, no, no one's talking about the obvious. Yep, he yep. It, it was such a reckless accident that it wasn't the type of accident we're all used to seeing a fender bender. Hey, someone mm -hmm. swerved into my lane. They hit my door panel. This or that happened. Hey, we pulled over on the side of the road. We exchanged driver's license and insurance cards. This was one of the most violent car accidents that you could see. Why did he get into it? Why was he that out of control? And I think we're going to learn more about that going forward. That's what's fascinating to me. Oh, and they're going to go over this like the JFK assassination. Gonna, I really think they should. And there's going to be two chicks with a podcast too, going over it with a fine tooth comb. And as you said, as you, yeah, they should.
And here, a couple of more things. Again, he doesn't, for someone his age, I know he's had nice cars, but really he gets driven a lot. So he doesn't drive as much. And everyone's had that thing. This also could be something where whenever you're driving in a car that's not yours and you need to do something as simple as turn on a radio or turn on the air conditioning and you haven't checked before because you're in a hurry to get out of the parking lot and you're using the Genesis open official car and you're not even sure how to turn on the lights, then that's when you can take your eyes off the road too, because he had his eyes off the road for one reason or another, or he fell asleep because there were no skid marks. Absolutely. So the car accident is very fascinating to both of us. And the other thing that's fascinating to me, because I have to throw in this disclaimer, even though it's a podcast, not a radio show, that we're happy that he's alive. We're oh my God. Alive. Yeah. We're Tiger oh. fans. You and I together Huge. covered his Huge. entire career. But I'm, I'm shocked by the fact that he was in L.A. to begin with. So if you look at the timeline, he had to go to the Genesis Open because that's his tournament. His sponsor is the sponsor of that tournament. So he had to award the trophy after the event. So he had to be there on Sunday. So let's stop right there. Why? Why was he there on Sunday? He had back surgery. His children are in Florida. He doesn't have to be there. It's good business and smart business to be in L.A. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have to be there. The Masters is five weeks away. So he goes there. And on Sunday, I'm watching the final round. And I got so excited that Jim Nance introduced Tiger. And Tiger came on the broadcast. And his eyes looked puffy. He didn't look right. And everybody said that on social media. This mm -hmm. isn't me making it up. He just looked bloated, tired. And then the legendary Jim Nance is asking him questions and asked him about the Masters. And Tiger was so standoffish and pushed back lightly on Jim Nance. Jim Nance did a quick follow-up. Tiger gave him nothing. Then Nance says, thank you, Tiger. We appreciate it. We love you being here. Tiger goes away, and Jim Nance, paraphrase, says to Nick Faldo, so, Nick, what'd you get out of that? You know, he didn't give us much here. Do you think he'll play in the Masters? And Faldo was the same way, going, well, I wouldn't be too uh, encouraged after that. So the, the yeah. event ends. He gives the trophy. He leaves. He doesn't get on his private jet and go back to Florida. He goes to the rolling Hills for a couple of days to play golf with David Spade and Dwayne Wade. They're not bad golfers. They can't right. play. So instead of, and he can't play golf either tiger. He's he can just putt and give lessons with his eyes and his hands. That's another thing, Tom, I can't get out of my head. What the hell was he doing in LA? He should have been long gone resting back home and getting ready for the masters. Oh, well, I don't know whether or not, JT, something tells me that you may have seen a documentary on HBO, which is now available on HBO Max, hey, yeah. a two-part documentary. Tiger has a secret life. Well, and a lot of people do. They have their public lives, their private lives, and their secret life. A lot of people do, not just Tiger. Hang on a second, JT. Let me grab that, see who that is. Hello. Hey, it's, uh, it's Tiger. And so... That makes you wonder, Tiger has, which he's always kept very private anyway, the private life and the secret life have been always, is, Tiger holds on to those very, very tightly. So you're asking all the questions where in the future, we're probably going to find out the answers to. And uh, this story is going to end up uh, being a lot more. Do you think, do you have this inkling that it's going to end up being a lot more salacious than it is now than a simple car accident?
That's exactly why I'm doing this podcast. (laughs) I think there's so much more to the story because I'm trying to put the pieces together that doesn't, they don't make sense to me as a sports talk radio host. So I've interviewed several guests since the accident, some PGA guys, and the ones I brought this up to were almost saying to me, what what, what are you getting at? He, He does business. He can, he can rehab on the road in LA. He can get his exercises in with his back. He can show up for financial commitments with new television partners. He's got a new television show on discovery. So day one, the filming was again, shocking David Spade, Jada Pinkett Smith and Dwayne Wade. And day two was drew Brees and uh, Justin Herbert. And he never made it there because he was running late and got in the car accident. And I'm saying to myself, Oh my God, this guy hasn't played all year. He didn't play in Hawaii. He didn't play at Torrey Pines. He didn't play in LA at Riviera, but he's going to go play with David Spade. He's going to go play with Dwayne Wade and and he takes a selfie with Dwayne Wade and he's laughing and he's giggling and he has this beautiful day with Dwayne Wade. And then the next day he gets into an accident. It makes no sense. There's more to this story. He shouldn't have been in LA. He didn't need to be there. He should have been home. And then he gets into that accident because his temperament, his energy was really bad. And he raced out of a place where witnesses saw him frustrated. There's more to the story. And, you know, Tiger has gotten into the most trouble over the years when he hasn't been home when he probably should have been home. And I'm not saying that as a reverend (laughs) and I'm not saying that as someone that doesn't have do secret stuff, too. But that's exactly what's happened with Tiger. All of the trouble that's happened with Tiger has usually been related to the fact that he wasn't home when he should have been home. Tiger's agent has always been Mark Steinberg. Mm-hmm. I've always disliked Mark Steinberg from what I've heard from other people that know him or been around him. And basically, he's the wolf in the movie Pulp Fiction. All mm-hmm. he's done is clean up Tiger's messes. Now, when Tiger made a lot of money and he's winning all the time, he's a great Tiger Woods. Mark Steinberg gets all the credit for being his agent and putting deals together. Right. Look at the dumpster fire that Tiger's life has been on and off for a long time. Mark Steinberg was the one who didn't stop him and say, hey, just because your mom wants you to apologize and stand up in front of all your friends and your sponsors and admit that you cheated on your wife and you were hanging out with the Perkins waitress. I'm your agent. Don't ever do that. That video will take never down that blue curtain, yeah. take down the blue curtain, take the suit off and don't show up. That's the same Mark Steinberg and Mark Steinberg's the same guy when Tiger had his 2017 DUI where he had no idea where he was outside Jupiter, Florida. He comes in and cleans it up. So I don't like Tiger's team. I like Tiger a lot. I have no respect for yeah. a lot of his team. And I think that these guys have covered up all of his bad transgressions Why the fuck do you think they had a documentary, two parts on HBO about all the negative things he's did in his life? Because that was him. He's been hiding these deep secrets his entire life. And we don't want to second guess a car accident, which was one of the most violent car accidents we've ever seen. Like, oh, it's a no big deal. It could have been a misdemeanor. All charges, no charges. Let's move on and let's all pray. Tiger. It's ridiculous. We're praying for Tiger, but that accident, there's more to it. Yeah. And in the, the, the Tiger's lucky the LA Sheriff's Department has had a lot of PR issues uh, because they don't want to, you know, they don't want to go after him. You know, a lot of people ask me at times, how do you become a talk show host? How do you get into radio? I always wanted to do that. 
And one of the things I always tell them is, A, you got to be a genius. And B, you got to be authentic. The key word is authenticity. That's what you get at eBay, the original sneaker marketplace. The place to go to cop the pair you've always had your eye on. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. It's a team of experienced sneaker authenticators. They authenticate the box. They authenticate the logo. They authenticate the stitching. Every single sneaker gets an authenticity guarantee tag. It also includes an authenticity digital stamp. And at eBay, they also protect the sellers with a verified return process. If you're a sneaker seller, eBay has unlimited selling fees on sneakers, $100 and more, making it free to sell or flip your collection. That's cool. Go to ebay.com sneakers. Do it today, not now. Keep listening to the podcast. But then, when you're done listening to the podcast, go to ebay.com sneakers eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value, unique selection, and authenticity. That two-part documentary on HBO, which I just refreshed and watched yesterday because I knew I was going to be talking a lot about Tiger. I'll be doing it in Baltimore tomorrow with Jerry Coleman. Uh, I, I, I didn't think, I, I came away liking him more. Sure. Yeah, I got, I got a lot of that too. So did I. Yeah. Okay. And, and it felt feeling like I knew him more, feeling a little bit bad for him about that he had to, um, really the people he opened up most to, in addition to his high school girlfriend when he was younger and then shut down for a long time, seemed to be, you know, people he paid to be with him. And that's, that's, that's just a, diff, a difficult life that, you know, a lot of people think that if somebody makes a hundred million dollars a year, that that nothing's difficult. But they live on the same planet, and they still have life, and then they still have their dads die, and things like that that the rest of us do that break their heart. And then you know, and that father, I, I had that conversation with somebody today, where uh, she was talking about the physical abuse and the emotional abuse. I said, I what do you mean physical abuse? <laughs> And then she had a great answer. Oh, she said, like making him play golf every day from when he's two. And yeah, I guess that's physical abuse when your kid. He asked his kindergarten. This is according to his kindergarten teacher who said that he asked her to ask his father to let him do something other than play golf. I've told you since I met you that I screw up five times a day before Mm -hmm. breakfast. I'm really good at apologizing. Yep. Should be better with some people, but the older I get, the better I am at apologizing. Yep. If I made mistakes in my life, I apologize to anyone listening and anybody. And I'm talking big mistakes. Yeah. I don't know what it's like to get on a plane and have to visit a child of mine in another state because of a divorce. Right. Tiger knows what that feels like. Right. I don't know what it's like to get pulled over on the side of the road, not knowing where I am. I don't know what it's like to be in a marriage when my wife comes at me in the driveway with a five iron yeah. and I run over a fire hydrant. Tiger does his whole entire personal life, not his golf life has been a lie and he's lied to the public. Now you could say, We don't have the right to know his celebrity. We don't have the right to know his personal life. Well, yeah, we do, because he does business with American Express, Rolex, uh, all these massive companies, Nike, that we know of. 
So if he's getting money to endorse those companies and we're buying the product, his golf clubs, his golf shirts, we deserve to know a little bit about him. And he wouldn't let us. It was all a lie for most of the time in his personal life. Yeah. And I think that happens a lot with imaging. Yeah. Over the years. And I think the only times it really becomes news or is our business is when it's not consistent. Remember, Floyd Money Mayweather used to get mad at me because I would ask him about his money. Normally, that wouldn't be my business, as he used to scream that it wasn't my business. What I thought made it my business was because his fucking nickname is money. <laughs> and when you've got money troubles and the IRS is, is, is breathing down your neck and you're not paying, you can't pay your bills, but your, your nickname is money. Well, then it's a legitimate question. So when you do, when you are squeaky clean like that, or that is your image, and we find out that the emperor has no clothes and the argument can be made. Yeah, we do have a right to, to know a little bit about his personal life. That is fascinating, though, about ethnically here and racially in Asian culture. There is no, no greater. uh no greater embarrassment than public humiliation. Losing face, it's called. And gee, Tiger has done this to himself how many times now? Humiliated himself in public. Uh, the three oh. most recent things that he's done in his personal life, because in golf, he won a recent Masters, which was right. really one of the greatest achievements. <laughs> yeah. I mean, whatever. It's got to be up there. It's on the Mount Rushmore of greatest comebacks of all time. Yeah. That's why I'm so excited down the road a year from now when we're on the podcast, we'll look back at the end of February, five weeks out from the masters and we'll go tigers nowhere near playing. He's taken two years off or we'll be like, can you believe this? <laughs> this guy's been out of the hospital bed for 13 months and he's ready to make a charge and play again. We don't know the answer to that. And I'm encouraged that he's going to play golf again competitively because I really hope he has that opportunity again. It, would, it wouldn't be the end of the world for him, wouldn't be the end of the world for millions because we saw so much greatness. But you would agree we can't count this guy out. Can't count him out. Right. People used to say that about Kobe. If anybody could come back from a torn Achilles, it was Kobe. And I used to say, ah, it's a torn Achilles. He, he came back. In some ways, yeah. It wasn't the same, except for that last game. 80 points, right? No, 60 points. Yeah, 60 points in his final game. How beautiful is that? But I, I do, you know, Pete Rose exchanged himself for a symbol of himself. And I hope Tiger Woods doesn't, doesn't sacrifice his health and his back and his legs for the symbol of Tiger Woods and golf. I think maybe he even, you know, the way you torque your back, and you and you you remember watching it live and in the documentary when he went down to his knees, a guy with one of the great pain thresholds in the history of humankind went down to his knees after he was taking swings and tournaments. And uh, he maybe he should have already stopped playing golf instead of, ex, you know, instead of exchanging himself for the symbol of himself, just do something else. Well, I thought he was playing really well before he won the Masters. I know, I know. When he won the tour event in Atlanta, when everything was coming together, we wanted to see him. I, I was comfortable seeing him in only big events. You remember how many times I would bitch on the air with you and say, Tiger does one thing. He doesn't do one thing. He doesn't play golf. <laughs> as long as you know, the first 10 years we did the show until he got in trouble. Nine, eight, seven. Uh, you know, for six years, we did the show together before he flipped the, uh, over the fire hydrant. 
that was your number one bitch about Tiger Woods. First of all, you loved talking about Tiger Woods, and B, you just were annoyed that he didn't play golf. Yeah, I mean, he's tied with he's tied with Sam Snead with 82 PGA Tour wins, and he never plays. Even when he was great, he never played. He didn't play in Hawaii. He wouldn't play Riviera. Oh, yeah. he, would, he, he would never be seen at like the BC Open and Binghamton well, he or any play of the fun stuff. Uh, the B- <laughs> there were so many events. He should have had 150 wins or 100, really. Oh, 100. yeah. You don't think he could have plowed through all those uh, uh, all those tournaments? Oh, man. But you look at this. The final analogy I want to make for you, I, I think this is a good one, is there's two goats that are living in our lifetime now. The greatest of all time, because I think Tiger is more important than Jack, not only because he was more dominant than Jack, but he transcended the sport. Oh, he yeah, because he was playing, because you know, he's going to the Masters and winning the Masters when they don't even allow blacks to belong to them at, at the and time. He the U.S. Yeah. Open at Pebble by 20. And Jack came in <laughs> yeah. second place 19 times, something Tiger didn't do. Right. He's got more majors, but Tiger's brought African-Americans and minorities to the sport in waves. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah. And Jack couldn't do that. And Asians they, in Asia. Yeah. Well, yeah, you said minorities. Yeah. People, non-whites have flocked to golf. Or, and, and if they weren't flocking to golf to play, they were flocking to watch it on television as were more white people. So Tiger versus Tom Brady. Tom Brady is 43. Tiger is 45. They're both the greatest of all time. Brady's easily the greatest of all time. Brady treats his body like a temple. Tiger in the last couple of years does not. Yeah, does not. Uh, Brady's more of a family guy, even though he didn't start off that way, but he settled down and there's no. Well, that's the that's the image, of course. Very important. The image is <laughs> pretty safe over him. the last over the last 20 years that he's well, won the Super Bowl. Well, you'd like to. But remember, there is that boy. Yeah, he had a, he had a child with Bridget yeah. Moynihan before he decided he didn't want to get married. Not a great look. And he's gone on to settle down with a beautiful family and have multiple kids with Giselle Bunchen, Tiger Woods, you know, the Perkins waitress, all the issues with Elon, the way he treated her, the way he shamed her. And then Tiger Woods just this week, getting in a car accident seems to be in a fit of rage at some point. And Tom Brady having two beers and looking a little bit buzzed on a boat after they won the Super Bowl, throwing the trophy from one boat. To <laughs> I mean, these are the two greatest of all time. And one guy, Tiger Woods, is living such a dangerous life on yeah. the edge. So recently, as Tom Brady buckled down to secure his late age legacy, I can't get those two and the comparisons of those two out of my head. Yeah. And when you take a look at the, when you talk about Tiger living on the edge and you said lately, yeah, I might've been a lot longer than we think that he's been living on the edge. Yeah. Not 30 years. When we look back at the way he was treating his high school girlfriend, when he broke up and left her luggage and said, never said goodbye. And she's in the documentary and uh, all the party. Well, he wrote a very robotic tiger letter that his parents made him write. And in the for the people who haven't seen it, he did such a typical freshman college thing. He told his parents he was coming back on Saturday uh, from college to Cyprus, California, from uh, Northern California, where he was going to school at Stanford. But he actually came back on Friday night and stayed overnight at his girlfriend's house. That's kind of a very teenager thing to do. And all hell broke loose. And they made him sit down and write this very cold letter breaking up with a girl that he was very in love with and close to. 
but this letter was it was like it was written by IBM. It was very and I'm talking about international business machines, not international black man, by the way. <laughs> Shout out to the international black Shout man out to the IBM. <laughs> but with Tiger Woods, I want him to come out of this. We're talking about this accident and the specifics and what doesn't sit well with me. But he brought me so much joy. Mm. 24 years on the radio, 14 with you. This podcast now going on for a while and seeing Tiger Woods live multiple times. I was there on the Monday. He beat Rocco Mediate to win the U.S. Open. Thought after a 10-year drought that would be his last major, and I was there to see it. So that was a badge of honor for me. I saw him at the 2007 Masters with my dad. I'd seen him at the U.S. Open at Beth Page, win with my dad and Shinnecock on Long Island. So I've had great moments with him. And when he won the Masters, the most recent major, I was on the air that day as I was filling in and starting off my run at Sirius XM and Mad Dog. It was one of the luckiest days I've ever had on the radio. It was a Sunday show, and the show I was doing started when Tiger Woods teed off. He literally hit his tee shot in the air, and I'm beginning the radio show. Oh, my God. And I'm, I'm not kidding you. It's, it's a fate. And it ended with him on the 18th hole with me doing the play-by-play. -play. I'm standing up in the studio of him making the putt. Oh. So that was the length of the show. It was the length of the round. I was doing play-by-play -play with the audience. The phones were packed. And it was one of my favorite all-time radio shows without you because I remember it vividly. And I remember how much joy it brought to me. So I thought when the accident happened that he probably died. I thought the worst. Yeah, I thought so too because there was nothing coming out. And, and we so got that, usually when nothing comes out, it's because they're getting a hold of families. Yeah, it reminded me of Michael Jackson when I was up yeah. at I was up with Rush Limbaugh at the Reagan, oh, the Reagan Library, Library. Yes. that day. And I came back and no one knew. And they just started to become a crowd, a crowd, a bigger crowd waiting on the announcement that Michael Jackson passed away. But we didn't get that from Tiger. He survived. And we just saw him play golf with his son, Charlie. We know that his daughter, was, Sam. And that was just something that I thought that that was going to be really cool. A continuation of the yeah, legacy. Absolutely. With him and his son, the way dad played with his son. And I, that was, and their swings are so much alike. So cool to see that. Cause I always stick up for boys who want to do what their dads did like Barry Bonds. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons why he was a stinker with the media, he didn't do it to be rich and famous. He did it. Cause that's what his dad did for a living. And Joe Buck, I always have stuck up for Joe Buck. He wanted to do what his dad did for a living, like a lot of firemen and policemen and, and people in all different types of trades. And as I think it was really cool to watch Charlie play golf. And I'll be really romanticized by that if he continues. The day of the accident after my local show, and then I was getting ready. And right before my show at night, I, I like to watch the evening news with David Muir, mm -hmm. even though he makes everyone nervous. He opens <laughs> up the broadcast. He tries to make everyone very nervous. I mean, yeah. the world's coming to an end. Every <laughs> Come down, David. We'll get through the broadcast. <laughs> and they did. They opened up the show with two segments. You know how that's big, you know, national right. Yep. Two segments on Tiger. And I got on the air and I said, I felt like I watched an obituary. It was an obituary. They had enough information in that newscast that if you walked in the room and you didn't know anything, oh, you would have thought Tiger Woods died. Right. And matter of fact, that's probably what they prepared for just yeah, in case. Absolutely. Wow. But he's alive. I think the rest of his life at the age of 45, I hope it's joyous. It's going to be incredible to watch him rehab. He deserves 
privacy to get healthy again. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Praying for him, cheering for him, whatever you do, we should all do it. And, and, you know, because he's good. Golfers live a long time. They do a lot of walking. The greatest exercise there is in the world is walking. And my friend's father was a professional golfer and her dad died, I think, at 95 or 96. He walked around on the golf course for 80 years. And so he's he's a healthy guy in general or was and can come back from this and live till 90. And let's hope he can. Yeah. And I don't think anybody is going to believe anything he ever says again. I don't. Oh, I know. I I think the documentary showed it. This accident showed it. The DUI and Jupiter showed it that let's just forget about it anymore. I don't I don't have he doesn't have to be honest to me. I'm nobody. He doesn't have to prove anything to me. I just talk for a living. And when I see some inaccuracies or something that doesn't look right, we jump on a podcast and talk. Right. About it. And there's more to this story. There's more to that accident and what happened on that hillside road. And it's going to come out because TMZ is going to find every other piece of video. They're going to go inside that hotel. They're going to find out what he had for room service. They're going to start shaking down and paying people that were working that day and that weekend. And more is going to come out. It's 2020. Why, why he stayed in Los Angeles when there was no need. You know, the Lakers got destroyed by the Utah Jazz. And during the game, totally different story, but off the path, they show Anthony Davis and I go, what's he doing there? And I, I said, I go, wait a second. He is a bad Achilles. Something's not right. He shouldn't be getting off airplanes and getting on airplanes. He should be in a mansion in Los Angeles with his foot up like this. Yes. And a box of popcorn. And then tomorrow getting picked up by a driver going to El Segundo, getting treatment with all the trainers there as the Lakers are on the road. And I'm watching him. Yeah, he the- should have a, a kinesiologist in his mansion doing voodoo boogaloo on his ankle. And he's sitting in Salt Lake City and they're down 24 with like eight minutes to go. And I'm like, what is this insanity? Why did Tiger have to be with with David Spade (laughs) playing golf instead of being home with Charlie chipping and doing stretching in Islesworth, getting ready to play in the Masters? I will say this. If let's just even give let's just say for the sake of argument's sake that there was no funny stuff going on in any way with Tiger. And that's a stretch from what we know. And that is a lot of times with celebrities, they and somebody of his, you know, there's hardly anybody of his celebrity. Sometimes they can only relate to celebrities because celebrities can relate to what they're going through. Sometimes that becomes a habit with celebrities. They really kind of only hang around other celebrities because the other celebrity can have an empathy for what they go through, but no private life, etc. And so that's why it may have become so comforting for him also to be around celebrities in any accident in life. And I mean, anyone, if you want to dive deep, if you forgot your wallet in the house and left two minutes later, you missed the accident. If the light turned red instead of yellow, and then a mile down the road, Mm -hmm. you don't get in the accident. If you're caught at that light, Tiger Woods didn't play golf with Dwayne Wade and he was home. He never gets in the accident the next day. You don't go through life second guessing yourself, but when you're in the most violent critical accident of your life, we almost die. You better look back and reflect on what you were doing, where your priorities were in life. Why were you doing a promotional video and shoot with non golfers? Why we at Riviera 
Why won't you just back home doing something different? And I'm telling you, that's something that's not going to haunt Tiger, but it's something he's going to think about because that accident should have been avoided multiple ways. A driver. Oh, the woulda, shoulda, coulda is going to go through his oh head as he, as his back hurts and his knee hurts and his ankle hurts and he's got to take painkillers. He's got to go through rehab. It's going it, to, that's going to go through his head constantly. And what's, you know, and it happens, you know, to a lot of us when people get in car accidents and then you ask the driver, what was your hurry? And there wasn't one really. Every time you and I have ever talked about Tiger Woods on or off the air, I said the same thing. He will break Jack Nicholas's record. Every mm -hmm. time I yeah. told you that I was one of the few guys left. I'll save it. And I'll say it on this podcast. He will not break that record now. I think he'll never win again. I think the accident was so severe. It will stop his career as a champion golfer. But I pray that Tiger Woods goes on to live a beautiful life and follows all his dreams and loves his kids and goes on to this peaceful life and accomplishes all the goals he hasn't accomplished yet. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.